Hey, Heidi, welcome to Money Bites. Hi, Minky. Thanks for having me. Super excited. You've had a pretty interesting sort of career trajectory. So wanted to talk to you about how you transitioned from a software engineer to a PM, but was wondering if we could start from way in the beginning. Uh, first of all, what did you major in college? Sure. So I actually started off as an electrical engineer for two and a half years, and then I moved to computer science for the rest of college. Uh, to give some context on that, I really liked that electrical engineering was a big enough umbrella to study both the hardware and the software of tech. Um, I guess broadly, the reason I was interested in tech is because I think I grew up in an age where that was always the obvious answer for solving hard problems at scale, um, reaching the most people with a solution. Um, it felt like that had to be through some type of tech solution. And, and that's pretty much why I gravitated towards software in the end as well, uh, within the broader uh, within the broader area of electrical engineering. And uh, that's how I ended up a CS major. Is this what you wanted to do since you were growing up? Not necessarily. I, I didn't really study um, computer science until getting to college. Um, I think for me, it was just a way of solving interesting problems, like I said, in a way that or is able to realize value for a lot of different people. Um, I think what was an interesting pathway into product management for me was thinking more about, okay, once you understand how to have the skills in order to build a solution. So say, think algorithmically and then think about how to structure, say like a web application. Then the question really became, what are the problems that are important to solve? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what led me to product management, having to think more deeply about, okay, once you have a baseline understanding of, of how to solve certain problems, then this more meta question of, okay, but which problems should you focus on? Like, how should you be attacking them in such a way that actually is valuable for your end user? Because no matter how good a, an application or a tool you build, like it's, it's not gonna work or, or be successful if, if there's no audience, if there's no market for it, if the timing isn't right. For sure. And I, I love how your why changed along the way. Your first internship, or foray into tech, that was in the engineering software side, right? Yeah, primarily. It was um, technically a rotational program, but um, I would say two thirds of it was in software engineering and the end was a little bit of a product management. How did you, what was the process like in terms of getting that application and acceptance into the program? I would say that I was lucky and that I looked into it pretty early on. This was my uh, summer after my sophomore year. So I think the, the program was targeted towards people like me who were studying CS or maybe interested in, in um, computer science and wanted exposure to both the engineering side of things, but also um, product and program management side. In terms of like the actual preparation were more engineering focused, so kind of traditional software engineering prep um, and thinking more about 
really more how to how to be able to execute on certain algorithms or say um, explain certain concepts technically. Um, whereas the product management side was more being able to share at a very high level what types of products interest me, like what types of um, say improvements I could make to them if I, if I you know had a magic wand and were able to a step before the more um, it, I, I guess advanced or evolved like product management recruitment or interview framework where it's more focused on the business impact and um, monetizing on a certain approach. Once you got accepted to the role, you said this was for the summer internship. So you did a rotation over the summer. What was that first foray into big tech like? It was good. Um, I think a lot of big tech companies um, make it really compelling, especially the internship experiences, um, really compelling where you're experiencing what it's like to work at this big company for the first time. Usually the company, if, it, if it's a big tech company, has a lot of brand recognition and all the resources that come with that of having like a, a cool campus and um, really great, really great full-time engineers and PMs and researchers and um, so many other really smart people working on their payroll. So getting exposure to all those things felt like such a valuable um, experience to me that up till then I'd, I'd mainly worked in research settings like during the summer. So it felt like a complete pivot and, and felt like a brand new path. Um, and I think that's what part of what was so exciting about it, that it really was just a context change and, and um, flex different parts of of my brain, like having to think from like a business perspective versus kind of pure pure research, um, where you're just kind of given a grant and you look at a problem, usually working with um, a professor or a team. And this felt even kind of within the parameters of an internship project, which are usually pretty like time boxed and scoped such that you can solve or have some type of output in, in the 12 weeks that you're working. Uh, and then be able to present it, even even in that context. It, I think the exposure to um, the business side of things felt new. Once you were accepted, were you able to choose your teams, or how, how does the matching process work? Um, not really for for this specific program. I think that is often the case for um, first time internships. Yeah, I think a big learning for me since since moving into this big tech space is that oftentimes it's really just about approaching teams and trying to talk to both like members of the team and and uh, more of their hiring team as well to understand what the situation is and and whether first to identify whether you enjoy and be able to really learn on that team and then um, understand whether they're hiring or if there's a pathway onto it. That's super interesting. So you're saying even once you are accepted, you should continue to network and build your relationship with other teams at the company. Definitely. Um, I think that's one of the most valuable parts of being in a big tech company that like the mobility of being able to move around to different product spaces that interest you, uh, that value of being able to say, assess continuously, whether you're learning on the team that you're on or in the role that you're on. Um, and also have conversations to understand what other options are out there um, in terms of 
products or projects that are tangential to yours, but also quite different. Um, I think that freedom of choice is, is something that's quite unique to big companies. Having gone through that program, looking back, are there top tips on things that you should definitely do, definitely not do while in the program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think the nature of a rotational program is good in the sense that it encourages you to be able to learn what you can in kind of time boxed like periods while you're with a certain team, but at the same time, try to kind of in parallel assess whether there are other teams that you might be interested in, say, working on in the future, if you, if you do see a future at that company. Having to balance the two can feel randomizing at times because you're, you're trying to do both. You're trying to learn as much as you can in, in the current work stream that you're on, um, but also trying to assess what else you might be doing or what else you might be interested in, in working on in the future. Um, and, and I guess building connections or relationships um, for both of those ends. I think one, one way to think about it that's been helpful to me is, is try to set up dedicated spaces or times um, to, either, to either task, um, both the internal and, and more of the external. Trying to solve for both is 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 a little bit um, scattering at times. It can feel overwhelming trying to make connections across everyone that you could um, meet or could be interested in in speaking with. Um, so I think first sitting down and, and laying out what you like about the work you're doing now, how you feel like you're growing, different ways that you could be growing in this job or task or work stream, um, and then doing that in more the extracurricular sense of or external sense of um, say figuring out what other projects or teams or um, tasks you might be interested in and kind of setting that baseline infrastructure first and then setting up okay say maybe this quarter or this couple months I'm I'm really going to lean into uh, my current work and building out xyz skill sets and then separately from that, think, think more about expanding outside that. Um, I, I find that that helps both to lay out a plan for yourself that you can feel like you're making progress against, but also not feel too pressured to solve everything at once. The nature of like working in, in a big company can feel like at times you just have so many opportunities and so many people to meet, so many communities to join. So um, I think laying out first what's important to you and then having a way to actually make progress against that and and kind of check in with yourself on how you're doing um, is is super important. Does that mean that at the end of the program for the company to offer, we really enjoy working with you, come back and work for us full-time, that final offer that a lot of the interns are looking for? That is not necessarily coming from the team that you've been matched with, but more at the company level, and you can sort of go to other teams. So um, in my case, um, there was, and, and, and I'm speaking specifically to my case, I don't know if this is always true for these types of rotational programs. Um, in my case, it was more like the decision to either extend the offer or to not was made at the company level, like primarily informed by how your 
experience or how your impact was on on the team that you were interning for. I think once the offer itself was extended, like usually that meant that the team that you had worked with like had to be the one mainly, I guess, extending that offer. Um, whereas in my case, like I interviewed externally with another team as well um, because I was interested in, in working with that team. So once I spoke to them and like assessed whether they would be open to having me on their team as a, as a I actually had a follow-up internship since I, I hadn't graduated yet. But once I assessed that, then it became a question of would this team be willing to extend me an offer as well? So once the offer was made like from kind of the company level, and um, again, that mainly had to do with my team being willing to, my prior team being willing to have me back, then the other team that I had interviewed on to shared that they would also be willing to have me back for a returning internship. So that was more the process. Uber, you're a wanted woman, Heidi. What do you think helped make your candidacy stand out? Because the program itself is pretty competitive. Being really clear on what story you want to tell about yourself is, is very important. I think that's like the first, if anything, foot through the door um, and you want to you know, put your best foot forward there where recruiters and hiring managers who are staring at thousands of applications a day or, or resumes or CVs should really walk away with like a clear idea of what it is that sets you apart, like what persona or identity um, is reflected in your experiences and skills. And basically on that piece of paper, like if it's not very clear what your identity from a career standpoint is and what impact you've created and would potentially be able to bring to that next opportunity that you're looking at and they're hiring for, then then that that's kind of what misses the mark in, in, in putting that first foot forward. And then after that, it's, it's all the um, recruiting prep of making sure that you have both the soft skills and the technical skills to, um, to excel at, at the opportunity you're applying for. Were there any particular resources that stood out in helping you prep? It was a lot of the like classic examples of um, cracking the technical interview, cracking the PM interview. One book that I liked um, that I got recommended to me before and was actually written by a number of former PMs in big tech. So Microsoft, Google, I believe Amazon as well. Um, it's a book called Swipe to Unlock. Uh, I actually just have it on my desk but it's it's basically I think it's blurring a bit but it's basically just a book that goes through kind of anecdotal level um, as well as like an expository explanatory level um, different concepts and frameworks and product management that like pull the reader in if, if they are interested in in those questions of oh like why is it that when I walk into a Nordstrom's, they ask me for my email to join their Wi-Fi, like something like that, like understanding the business justifications and the rationale behind companies that kind of pull the strings and, and make all these like invisible decisions, making that less opaque. Um, I, I think that's, that's a lot of the appeal of the book. For me, like it felt just interesting to get this lens into this world of, of questions and decisions that I'd never really thought much about before that and 
yeah, hearing it from, I think, like industry experts in in the field who had, who had made a lot of those decisions themselves and um, were working in that space felt really interesting to me. And I think, yeah, for, for anyone who thinks they might be interested in, in um, product management specifically, it's, it's a great read. Awesome. And you mentioned you had two internships with the same company before getting the final offer. Yep. Um, the second internship was with the team that I am now working full-time on. And of those two internships, at what point did you realize you wanted to go more down the product management versus the software route? Yeah. So when it came time to interview, this was something I didn't mention with the interview process for um, the rotational program I did. So you were given the choice of either interviewing for uh, a PM or a software position or internship return. And for me, I gravitated more towards the product management side. I think that became more clear to me through my internship in a lot of ways. Like I, I really enjoyed getting to build out the application um, that we were focusing on for uh, the software engineering portion of the internship. Um, but I think what felt especially interesting and exciting to me was doing some of the like baseline um, baseline thinking on like how could this application actually be useful to the end user at the start and then towards the end um, thinking about how to like parcel it in a presentable way um, and how to actually like share out findings with the rest of our team and and basically lay the groundwork to carry the carry the project forward outside just like the the 12 weeks that um, I and my like partners were interning. Um, thinking about that was definitely interesting in a, in a different way to me and I think felt unique from a lot of what I'd been learning in school in like the traditional CS curriculum. So that's why I, I went for um, PM and thinking about a return offer. When you were deciding to go towards a PM route, was it, I know for sure that PM is the way, or do you think down the line it's easier for you to go back and forth between SWE and PM? Uh, I would say it definitely was not obvious to me. Um, I had a lot of conversations with PM, software engineers, um, who were a couple years older than me. Um, at school. And I, I think that's another piece of broad advice I would give. Just try to talk to people who've either done the path or done another of the paths that you're thinking of um, and maybe gone on similar routes as you where they went to the same school or studied similar subjects. Yeah, try to talk to those people as much as possible. Understand what factors led them to make the decisions that they did, um, whether those apply to you, and always check in with yourself like is this relevant to me? Like how much of this, how much water should this opinion hold? Because I think that at the end of the day is, is what's most important. You're not going to find like quote unquote right answer. You're going to find a bunch of people's opinions and understanding how to actually distill takeaways that are relevant to your experience is, is what's most important there. I really did my best to understand like what led certain people into certain down certain paths um, with PM or or software engineering for me like it, it was never so obvious like I'm also someone who likes to gather a lot of data before making a decision 
I think there's a level at which that kind of plateaus, um, like talking and, and, you know, networking is, is really, I think a fantastic way to get insight into those experiences, but it's not the same thing as, you know, even working like a week in either of those, in, in, in any of those contexts. At the end of the day, you, you just do your best to make um, as informed a decision as possible. Um, gather input from people whose opinions matter to you, whether it's friends or um, people that you just respect. Thank them for their time. I, I think it's it's um, a given that these people are are doing you a favor in some sense, um, like willing to share about what their experience has been in a way that helps you navigate and ideally. I think it's good to try to pay it forward, um, whether it's by helping them out with um, something that they're curious about and maybe um, that you have more insight into. For me, like, I think I, I just hit a point where I, I felt like I knew enough about, or maybe not knew, but had gathered enough insights from other people to kind of form a working understanding of what first few years in product management would look like and what first few years in SWE would look like. Um, and I felt like I gravitated more towards the former because of what my interests were. And for me, it was never a question of, I would see myself ending up in an engineering long-term or software engineering long-term. It was always, I think I wanna get to PM at some point because it was this thing that really interested me during my internship. And so I just thought instead of doing a few years of software engineering because I feel like that's a good box to check, um, you know, good technical skill set to build up. If I'm just gonna, if I see myself ending up in product management anyway, then why don't I just actually see if that's something that I want to do long-term um, and I can pivot back if I need to. That was pretty much my rationale for jumping into product first. Totally makes sense. Given that this is Winnie, the community of women in tech, improving financial literacy. One thing that comes up a lot is compensation. Was one of the factors that you considered the difference in compensation between an engineer and a product manager? At the time, not really. I think maybe that's naive in some ways, like maybe I should have. But to be honest, I, I didn't really think too much about that at the time, especially since this was like more an internship setting like I didn't think too much about that um before going for the for the role that felt more intuitively like compelling for me um just because I had I had felt like there were problems that resonated problems and skill sets that resonated more with me for PM than for software engineering one thing that definitely affected and influenced my decision to, to go with product management early is the knowledge that it's from like a numbers standpoint of where the ratio on most teams is, is very, you know, outsized towards engineering versus product management. Um, the knowledge of, of how competitive the discipline is um, made me want to get some type of differentiating background like early on. Um, so more, PM internship experience or more, more time spent building out the skill sets that you need for a product manager, for, for a product manager position um, early on. So that when the time did come to, you know, go for a very limited number of spots, then maybe I would be more prepared for that. So that was, that was definitely um, 
part of my thinking. Um, but as far as compensation, I, yeah, I can't say I think I thought too much about that. Totally. What about the compensation as an entry-level PM? Having had interned at the same company and returning to the same company, were you still able to negotiate your total comp or was it more of a package? Take it or leave gotcha. it. I was able to negotiate and I think this is another, <laughs> I think this is another uh, reason networking is, is so important. I think networking is sometimes most important for, um, or I wouldn't say most, but like one of its most high value use cases, I guess, is actually in, in the networking and or in the recruiting space since understanding like what other applicants from similar backgrounds to yours, from maybe different backgrounds to yours, it really gives you a sense of like, okay, this is what's possible for me. It's really important from very early on to build that muscle for yourself of being able to get that input and then really be an advocate for yourself because if you don't do it, like no one, no one else is going to do it for you. So for me, uh, talking to friends of mine who were a couple years um, older or who had done the program and gotten the return um, was great because it gave me a sense of, oh, okay, like this is what I, as someone coming from this background with um, this prior experience or, you know, having come from a certain school or having done certain jobs before, like this is what I can reasonably ask for and expect would be delivered on. Yeah, I, I think that that was that was a, a I guess not something that I had realized was um, was so possible with like even an intern like with a returning with an internship to full time offer. I think often it's this experience of like getting a job for the first time and you're so excited about that that thinking to like negotiate on it doesn't occur to you um at least for me it didn't um and so I think surrounding yourself with resources and people who have maybe gone through um, similar paths um, is super important just to know what's possible and what's out there that's so important but also very unique in a sense that exactly to your point salaries and money is still so taboo especially in our working culture that the fact that you actually had whether it be mentors friends etc who are willing to share the context and you sought that out that's a superpower <laughs> I think at least for full-time there's like pretty there's more robust communities for say like personal finance like I'm, I'm in a women's personal finance community um, which has been really great because um, people are so willing to like share about their own experiences and and help out others. I think at least for, yeah, when they're joining or coming on board, it, it's a lot harder to to actually get that lay of the land when you're just understanding what it means to even start working full time or start working at this big company and navigating all its resources, all its opportunities. Um, so I think that's when like word of mouth plays a really important piece as well. That's awesome. Hope you consider uh, joining Winnie's wealth building community as well. Were you able to share sort of a broad range of what the entry level salary is as a starting PM? 
So in my case, um, and I, again, I think as much as networking and, and word of mouth is really important, um, I think often there's a lot of just like research you can do, um, especially with these like big tech companies, like they're all over like Glassdoor or Indeed. Um, and I think that's just kind of baseline when you're thinking about negotiating salaries, um, understanding what that like first level starting offer is and then um, the range that it can go to. So for me, the starting offer was, um, and, and the, I think the baseline return offer for candidates who had like worked for Microsoft um, for a couple years um, was in the like 100 to 130, at least if you'd interned twice before. Yeah, in that range. Do you feel that you have a bit of a legs up because of your technical background? As um, a I think a lot of the product managers that I have seen really build out incredible products, like have pretty diverse backgrounds um, in terms of, let's say, jobs that they worked before or roles that they had before. Uh, maybe pivoting to PM. Um, I think CS is like one of the most common majors these days for product managers, but I've certainly seen a lot of PMs come from, say, consulting backgrounds or engineering backgrounds or design backgrounds. Um, one theme is just being able to really, really advocate for your customer and your end user. And I think that's that can be why PMs come from all these different backgrounds, because say you're an engineer and working on building out the technical side of a solution, then you really, and, and you really care about what that experience is going to be for the end user, then you think more, okay, like, how can I have more insight into the overall um, product as it comes together? I think that's kind of a nat natural pathway into the PM discipline. As far as like, an advantage, I, I think all you need to really succeed as a PM is the ability to empathize and communicate around a solution that you, around a problem area that you care about. So you need to empathize with your customer and your user. I think that's the most obvious one, but you also need to get buy-in from the rest of your team once you have a working understanding of what product needs to come together, what solution needs to come together to meet that user need. Like you need to get resourcing, you need to get headcount, you need to, depending on what your role as the PM on the product team is, um, you need to usually convince a lot of people that the product needs to get off the ground or or that it needs to be built in a certain way. And uh, oftentimes that really means working with them, not working to get them on your side. Like I think for most of the successful PMs that I've seen, that starts with understanding what they're trying to do, like what they're trying to accomplish, and then seeing how your idea solution kind of fits in or aligns to that. Um, and then building building with both of those in mind versus just asking the question of what can they do for me. Love it. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no worries. This has been great. Awesome. Thank you, Heidi. All right, thanks, thank you.